All right. Well, we've been studying and I've been looking at uh, we, we've we've launched off out of First Corinthians 10. and We're not going to go there today that the Old Testament was for our example, showed us how to live. And we've been looking at different people in different situations and how God got them through. And I, I'm still continuing on this. It's still in my heart. I haven't got a release from from start uh, from stopping this and going a different direction. How many knows there's more than 10 examples in the Old Testament? Amen. 20, 30. I could preach on this for a long time. And uh, and as I, I study in the other other stories and other situations rise up, I don't know how long I'll be in it. But hopefully you're, you're taking it, and you're learning, because if they were for our example, that means I can live by it. I can understand the things that I face, how to deal with it. The problem that we face is we get into an atmosphere like this. In fact, I'll, I'll uh, just use a, a personal testimony. Uh, the opportunities I get to sit with my pastor, Pastor Harbaugh, uh, I've had some times that that uh, he just he just starts talking. And I mean, it, 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 the anointing just comes. And in that 30 minutes or 45 minutes that we're just sitting and talking, he, really, we're not talking, I'm listening. I, I know what I think. I don't really care about that. I want him to, to keep talking. It's just like your eyes open up. And I actually, I, there's been several times that in those moments, I think I've got enough material to preach for the rest of the year. Because, I mean, things will just start clicking and coming together. And then it ends and we leave. And I don't remember any of it. <laughs> it's like it was so prevalent. I could see it so clearly. It makes sense to me. And then we go our separate ways. And that, that anointing that he has goes with him. And all of a sudden it's like, what was that? I thought that was so easy. Man, man those two things just click together. I mean, I could have made a series out of it. That was awesome. But what was it? But you know, the same thing can happen. You're sitting in a church service. It's like, I see that. Oh, that's how you do it. And then you walk outside and life smacks you in the face. Your spouse starts mouthing off. You know, uh, somebody almost backs into you. Uh, you pull out of the parking lot and some knucklehead cuts in front of you. And all of a sudden, you're back in your zone. You got to fight that. Yeah. It's, it's in the anointing where everything operates. Now, now, just think about that. Now, who can be anointed? Anyone, if you seek the anointing. So, so not only will the anointing in your life open up the realm of information of God, because doesn't the Bible say we have the mind of Christ? But most of us think in our, our noggin. Oh, it went quiet on that one. <laughs> Maybe I ought to preach there. Don't just say you have the mind of Christ and think that your thoughts are Christ. I hear a lot of people who think that every thought they have is God. And it's like, no, that's clearly you. They don't see it. But not only will it open up life for you, but what about that person that's hurting that gets in your presence? It becomes a ministering point for you also. God just needs us to show up and yield ourselves to him. He's not trying to get our, our intellect, our Bible knowledge, you know, to, to fight on three points and, and you, know, uh, mess, you know, just walk away angry. We can be anointed so we know what to say, what to do in every situation. And those that come into our presence will sense the anointing and it will help where they're at. Amen. 
It's not my message today, but that was pretty good. Um, but we've been talking about these examples. So we're going to look at two examples today of changing the circumstances of life. Now, now, does anybody here have a circumstance? Okay, I'm going to give you two biblical examples out of the Old Testament, which was for our, our uh, admonition, for our examples for us to learn from, of how to change the circumstances of your life. So turn, if you would, to 2 uh, Kings chapter 4. There you go, thank you. I got one person pulling with me. and well, Probably about one and a half. I heard a small something else. Uh, <clears throat> let's go to 2 Kings chapter 4. Well, I still got one. Oh, okay. Got some, some stragglers who caught up. Do you know, I remember the first time I went to, uh, actually on a mission trip, it was to Kenya, and we were doing open, open air crusades. Now, I'm not, uh, I've done open air crusades. I'm not really a crusade type person. I love, I love teaching pastors and leaders and uh, helping the body of Christ, those who have already given their life to the Lord, get to higher places. But I've done crusades, which the design of the crusade is, to uh, get people drawn to receive Christ. And so uh, I remember that we were going to do these crusades and uh, Pastor Harbaugh got us all around. And he says, OK, now these people out here, there'll be some Christians in there, but these people out here, uh, they're just coming for the music. They got nothing to do. They don't know what to experience and they're going to gather around and listen to us. They don't know how to draw on the anointing. Now, I'd venture to say most Christians in the United States don't know how to draw on the anointing either. And uh, and whenever you're with somebody who's preaching, you have the power to pull out of them your answer. Woman with the issue of blood. Jesus said, your faith made you whole. You drew this out of me. When we're in a church service, if we come with an expectation, I'm listening for my answer. I've said it before. Preacher could be preaching on the gopher with that Noah built the ark with, and you can get an answer about your life situation because if you put a demand on the word of God, I'll like, sometimes I say things and I think, why did I say that? But there might be somebody drawn looking for an answer that that gave an answer. I have had, I don't know how many times over the course of the ministry, <clears throat> it's a lot. People come to me and say, do you got a microphone in my bedroom? What you preached on, you almost verbatim said what we were talking about. Well, I didn't plan that. No, I don't have a microphone in your bedroom. We don't do stealth operations here. Um, but uh, uh, I've had numerous people say that. Uh, last night I was praying, and, and this is what I was praying. What you preached on was the answer to what I was looking for. If you look for your answer, you can draw it out. Amen? Amen. All right, let's turn to Second uh, Kings chapter 4. Yeah, a little bit better. Should I exhort more on? Uh... No, just preach. Come on, so we can go eat some eggs and bacon. Um, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha. Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come. To repossess my cars. No. To repossess my kids. To take unto him my two sons to be a bondwoman. Now I want you to see something in this verse that you may not have seen. This woman had access to the prophet of God. <clears throat> Let me say it a different way. She had a basis 
a, what's another word for basis? A, uh, um, a foundation. She had an approval to come before the prophet of God, the prophet that was in that day, and, and make her request known. What was her basis? My husband served you and feared the Lord. Her basis gave her the right. Let's read again. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets, wouldn't even know her name, said unto Elisha the prophet, saying, Your servant, my husband. Here's her basis. My husband who served you. Here's her. I've got a right to stand here and put a demand on you because my husband, who's now dead, served you. And not only that, he feared the Lord. Now, I want to ask you a question. What's your basis for standing before the Lord on your demand? Now, lots of well, because of his grace. OK, grace gives us access. I, I'm OK. But what's your basis? See, James talked about faith without works is dead. But let's reverse that. Take that New Testament scripture and said, because of the works, she can now put a demand on faith. She had something she stood on. Now, this is where a lot of people don't uh, uh, really think about, because this is a very powerful element of the word of God is because of this, I now have a right to that. Do you have a basis for your petition? Now, we can all come to God in faith, but there's an there's a level higher of faith is when I have a basis for my faith. This is where a lot of people less than two percent of the body of Christ tithe. The promise of the tithe, or one of the promises, there's many promises of the tithe. One of the promises of the tithe is that he will, God will rebuke the devourer for you. I think one of the greatest stories on this is Dr. Barkley's wife, Vicki, Miss Vicki. Uh, she had a very aggressive form of cancer. And he, walk, <coughs> he walked into the house one day and she was praying in, I think, the bedroom or something like that. And he was going to go into the bedroom and pray with her. And the Lord said, no, just stop and listen. So he stopped at the door and listened. And her prayer was to God. God, pull up the ledger of our giving. You've got an accounting system up there, but you look back on our giving and see if there's ever been a dollar that we have not tithed on. Now, you're going to find, she's, she's, she's challenging God here, you're going to find that we tithe on every dollar and your word said what you said, God, not what I said, not what some preacher said. What you said was that you would rebuke the devourer. I have cancer going through my body. The doctors say it's going to kill me. It's a very aggressive cancer. But you said you would rebuke the devourer of the tither. What was her basis? She was a tither. The next time they went back to the, to the doctor, they had, I think it was three eight-foot tables laid out with all these reports, x-rays, and everything else like that in there. 
<coughs> and uh, they walked in and said, what's this? He said, we want to walk you through something. This is where we diagnose you. Yes, we know that. You told yeah, but just walk with me. Well, this is where, and, and he went through everything. He or she, I don't know what the doctor was. The doctor went through all the different things and, and showed the x-rays of where it was at. And they got down here and said, there ain't nothing in her body. Yeah. He, the doctor's program was, we don't want you to think we made a mistake. We didn't make a mistake. But what was the basis of faith? She stood on the tithe. See, what's your basis of faith? Many people like to quote the, the uh, description in Philippians 4.19, that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. But they don't have a basis for it because they don't understand the word. In fact, let's just look over there real quick. Philippians chapter 4, let me show you. Because people will walk around and talk about how how that their God shall supply all their need. But, but let's look at the basis of this verse. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. <coughs> well, back up to, to verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again to my necessity. They gave offerings. He's talking about their offerings, their giving, not their tithe. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may be bound to your account. That, but I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Ephroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor, a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your needs. He comes back with that verse that a lot of people like to quote, that God shall supply my needs, but they have never sown into missions. They have never sown into the work being performed. See, the basis that Paul was establishing here, because you did this, my God shall supply this, all your need. What is the basis? Well, we can go into righteousness. Let's get out of money and go into righteousness. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Are you really? Because righteousness has the ability to stand before the presence of God without the, the elements of guilt and shame or condemnation. A lot of people still live in guilt, shame, and condemnation, even though they're born again. They're obviously not the righteousness. Righteousness uh, of God produces things in our life. If you are righteous, right standing with God, he's first in your life. You can stand before him and be, I live a righteous life. Now, because I live a righteous life, I can stand in your presence. And you said in your presence, all things must submit. It's a basis. That's what I'm talking about today. What is your basis to stand before God? To, to make your petition known. Now, this woman, her basis was, my husband served you, and he feared the Lord. So we see here that serving becomes a basis. I've served in your house. I've served when the opportunity to serve was to come. Do you know what one of the hardest things in the modern church to get people to do is? You think the devil knows something that most Christians don't know? Let me, let me rephrase that. Do you think the devil knows something that most Christians don't know? Well, I don't feel led. Oh, you little spiritual dynamite. Um, Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, 
Thine handmaiden hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Now in this, you know, last week, uh, uh, Latrice gave me a different title for my message last week. She said, you ought to call this the two-stick mentality. If you're here, you know what I'm talking about. This woman has a two-stick mentality also. Do you know, but she, she has a mentality like everybody else. I don't have anything but. Your but, your except, may be the very seed to unlock what it is that you need. I don't have anything except. I don't have anything uh, save a pot of oil. Then the prophet said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Empty vessels, borrow not a few. Now let's... Let's, let's say this again. Then he said, go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors. Even empty vessels. Have you ever noticed that before? See, most people, when they tell this story, they tell the story, he told her to go get empty vessels so they could be filled. He told her to go borrow vessels, even get the empty ones. That means there, the, the intent was she's going to borrow. Some of them are already going to be filled. Some people are going to get. I, he's commissioning her. You go in favor. And that favor is going to get you full vessels, but even take the empty vessels because we're going to work with them, too. Now, put yourself in this position because something dynamic happens in this. If, if God told you to go borrow from your neighbors, would you just go to the neighbor? Or the couple of neighbors that you know? Or would you go to your neighbors? Like everybody in a five block radius. A ten block radius. You're three streets over and down to the left two blocks. Knock on the door. Hey, I'm your neighbor from around the corner. Would you happen to have some uh, vessels that I could borrow? I'll bring them back later. Who are you? Oh, you just go up, hang a right. You know, go down and I'm your neighbor from over around the corner. You don't say it's a half mile away. See, see, because when God tells us to do things, we have a tendency to dumb it, dumb it down. To fit into our comfort zone. But he says, I want you to go borrow vessels. Even take the empty vessels. And then notice what he said after that. Uh, borrow not a few. So what is the right number? As many as you can get. Now, that's a great answer, but that's going to be tied into as long as you ask. Did he mean spend an hour and go ask? Did he mean spend three hours and go ask? Because there's, a, there's an element of the things of God that we have to understand is the natural has to be prepared for the supernatural to overlay it. The supernatural is getting ready to happen. That's going to change the circumstances of her life. But if the natural is not put in place, the supernatural is going to be limited on how much it can operate in. Who's going to get the vessels? She is. God's not going to send angels out to get the vessels for her. She's got to go out and get the vessels. So now, if you look at this correctly, and I'm going to show you another verse. <clears throat> if you look at this correctly, she's laying the framework of how far the supernatural can operate in her life. Now, she can go get a few, let's say tens of few, 
She's going to have 10 vessels worth of oil. She can go get 20. She can go get 50. She can go get 100. She can spend the next three and a half weeks and get 1,000. She's laying the framework for the supernatural to work. Now, coming back to basis, her basis, as I said, was that her husband uh, served the prophet and her husband feared the Lord. But now we have a new basis on the works of faith. Faith without works is dead. She's believing the prophet in what he said, and now her works are going to correspond to where her faith is. Are you following me? Now, hold your place here. We're coming back. But go to uh, 2 Kings 13. 2 Kings 13. That's like not over in the New Testament. I don't know why I turned that far. <coughs> 2 Kings 13 and 18. And, uh, oh, I'm in the wrong spot. Hang on a second. Give me a minute. Not navigating my Bible very good today. Because I'm trying to hold my hand in the spot. 13, 18. Now, this is another area where the king of Israel came to the prophet Elisha. And he was having a battle with the Syrians and he came out. Actually, let's read verse 17. And the prophet said unto the king, open the window eastward. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot. And he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. Now, he just told him what's going to happen. That right there is the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. The arrow of deliverance from Syria. And thou shalt smite the Assyrians in Aphek till thou hast consumed them. And then he said, take the arrows. And he took them and he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice. That's three times. And he stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Then thou would have submitted uh, smitted Syria till thou hadst consumed it, whereas now thou shalt only smite Syria three times. <coughs> There's an element here. He just showed him. Shoot the arrow. Shoot the arrow. That's the arrow of deliverance of God over these Syrians. Now take your take the uh, the arrows out of your quiver. And he took the arrows out of your quiver. He says, now smite it against the ground. He said, one, two, three. Okay, I'm done. We have a short tension span. He said, you fool. He's angry at him. Why didn't you smite them like you're going to destroy them? Boom, 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 boom. He should have smitten until Elijah said, stop, stop, stop. Okay, you're good. See, we, we, we have a mentality where we take what God says and we uh, lower it down to a lower level. Then he said, go, borrow. Now, when she came to him, she's looking from a welfare mentality. You do something for me. And he said, what do you have in your house? And uh, she said, I ain't got anything, just a, a pot of oil. He says, sow it. He said, I want you to go get. I want you to go do this. When we do the word of God, we're sowing the word of God. Then he said, go, go borrow the vessels abroad. Uh, verse 4, and when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door. Remember last week I talked about this, shut the door? Most people didn't know this part. In fact, I don't think anybody said it. Shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out into all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which was full. Now, if, uh, if this would have happened to you and me on, on Friday or Saturday, uh, we wouldn't want to shut the door because it's too hot. Man, it'd get hot in there if I shut the door. 
I need the wind blowing through. My air conditioner is in the other room and I want some, some air to come in here. But the prophet said, shut the door. What if God tells you to do something that doesn't make sense to your, your little cranial thought process? So she went from him, shut the door. She went from him and she shut the door. She did what he said upon her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she and her son uh, bring me. She said to her son, bring me yet another vessel. And he said, there's no more vessels. And the oil stayed. The supernatural is going to stay at the end of the preparation of the natural that we've made room for the supernatural to work. If you've got a money issue and you're believing and preparing for an answer in that money issue, the supernatural will stop when the money issue has been satisfied. I remember this whenever uh, uh, one of the greatest financial blessings I ever had when I was in finance. And um, I, I walked through, it's a longer story and I'll make it short, but I walked through a thing where um, I was praying for God for deliverance from this uh, uh, arena and the different things I was going through. He opened up the door and I went to another place during <coughs> during the time of this transition. I was uh, I was praying. I was, I was putting the word of faith in me. I was praying. I was believing. I was confessing. I was focused in. I was locked in. And over the period of uh, probably about two and a half, three months, something like that, it finally broke open. And I, I, I walked in and I was like just supernaturally blessed when I walked into this new thing. Not only did I get a huge bonus, not only did I get a, uh, the, the other company had moved me and I had to sign a contract that I would stay with them for at least a year. Or otherwise, I'd have to pay the money back. The new company paid the money back. They, uh, I got my bonuses. Uh, I got increases. I mean, it was just a, a phenomenal supernatural ability. And I was one time taking the whole time to walk through the, the testimony. And while I was preaching, God had done this to me twice. While I was preaching, he said, you missed me. And I'm thinking, I missed you. And I wanted to rehearse. I started rehearsing the whole thing that God had done to remind him, you know, because sometimes he forgets. <laughs> to remind him what he did for me and how, no, I walked in like the greatest blessing of my life. How did I miss you? He said, because you stopped doing, preparing the natural, you stopped doing what you did to get there once you got there. But when you started, my plan went out much further. The supernatural can only run as far as you prepare in the natural for it. And typically, most Christians, especially Americans, uh, as soon as the pressure is off, we stop. We do just enough to get by. As long as I don't have pressure, as long as I don't have a weight, as long as there's not a struggle, <coughs> I don't need God. As soon as crisis comes, now I get into my God mode to get the pressure off. And as soon as the pressure leaves, I go back to what I want to do. But if we will prepare the natural to receive the fullness of the supernatural, God wants us to live in a state of provision that it will never run dry. And she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy child, children off the rest. Now, they, they lived off the rest. But was there... An abundance that was available. They got by. They got their needs satisfied. They got the pressure off. They're probably happy now that they got a pension. They got enough money to live off the rest. 
God never tries to just get us out of a problem. He tries to get us out in a way that his glory is shown. In fact, if you go through the Old Testament, you remember that's our examples. Every battle they went into, they not only beat, but they took the spoils. God wants us to live in spoils. Spoils are that which you obtain that you did not have to work for. Remember when the Israelites are going into uh, to the promised land, he says you will live in houses you didn't have to build. You will harvest from vineyards you didn't have to plant. There, there's a level of abundance that you and I can live in that will change the circumstances of our life if we can prepare the natural to receive the supernatural. So let's keep reading. Verse 8, And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunan, <coughs> where there was a great woman, and she constrained him. Now, you have to look that she constrained him. Apparently, he didn't want to stay. Uh, come here, come here, come here, man of God. Come here, come here. I, I, I want you to stay here. I want you to stay here. No, 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 no. I got to keep going. I'm on a journey. I'm on a mission. I'm doing this. No, 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 no. You're going to have to stay here. I need to talk to you. She constrained him to eat bread, and so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat the bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive. She didn't know by the, the voice of God. She perceived. You know, looking at this guy and what, what he's doing, he's got an anointing. He is a prophet of God. That this is a holy man of God, which passes by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool, and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us, he shall turn in hither. We are going to build a room, a little apartment for him. In fact, if you study this out in the Hebrew, I've heard people talk about it. I'm, it's not my point, so I'm not going to go there. But in our mental image of the, the English, it's like this little cubicle, you know, like four by four or something with a little chair and a little table and a little candle and a little bed. And he can go in there and, you know, take a nap or whatever. But, but it actually was, a, a based on what I've heard people who studied it out, is actually a very nice Endeavor. She sowed. And it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and he laid there. And so he had done this several times. And he finally calls his servant Gehazi and he says, uh, go get the woman. Verse 12. And he said unto Gehazi, his servant, call the Shumanite. And when he had called her, she stood before him and he said, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. Now I'm talking about basis. So, so number one, the first woman, she had a basis from serving. This woman had a basis from sowing. Now, it wasn't an offering she built. It was a house she built or a room that she built. That as the man traveled, he knew he had a place to stay. And so the man of God calls into it and she was able to stand before the man of God. Uh, what am I talking about? The basis to stand before the man of God. You've been careful with all this care. What is done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king? Now, I want you to remember the statement because I'm going to close on the statement. Do you want me to speak to the king on your behalf so you get favor in this natural realm? Or would you like me to talk to the captain of the host, the guy that's ahead of all the army? Do you want me to speak so that nobody touches you or messes with you? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. Or, no, I don't need that, man. I'm not into that political stuff or military stuff. I, I just... Live here and take care. I don't, I, don't, I don't need you to speak on my behalf. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. Remember Psalms 37, 4. Delight thyself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of, the, her, of your heart. Her heart's desire was she wanted a baby, but she was barren. 
What opened the door? Because she delighted in the things of God. This, she told her husband, this man, he's a holy man. Let's build him a room that's his room. Let's, let's keep it stocked. Let's keep it ready that anytime he passes by, he can stop in here. I don't know, judging by her head, this is David. I'm just inserting. Uh, she didn't know when he was going to show up when he wasn't. It sounds to me she's probably a woman that had, she brought a, a fresh loaf of bread in every day. This is David. It's not in the Bible. But judging by her heart, she didn't just build a room and walk off and leave it. She was caring for and sowing into this prophet. And the woman can, uh, and, but watch this. And he said about this season, according, verse 16, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. Watch this. O woman of faith, she said, no, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie to me. So this is not even in a faith realm. This is in a sowing realm. Her faith ain't going to get this. Her sowing got this. Her basis to stand before God opened the door to get this. I mean, it's hard today in, in modern culture to even get people faithful to the house of God. Forsake not the uh, assembling of yourselves together. Oh, I got something to do. What is your basis to stand before God? God, I have been there ever. You know, I, I'm part of this group of believers. Uh, you remember when Peter got out of prison because they were praying? The Bible says he went to his own company. Most Christians don't even know who their company is. They jump here, they go there, they do this, they do that. Peter knew who his company was. He went to his company, knocked on the door. Rhoda came to the door, not the one that was with Mary Tyler Moore, but the other Rhoda. And she went in, uh, uh, you know, said, oh, she ran back and said, Peter's here. And they said, no, he's not. He's in jail. Well, let's go see who's at the door. But he went back to his own company. These are biblical truths. Delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. And he said, call her. And when he had stood, call, he said about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. Verse 17, the woman conceived and bare a son. And at the season, Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And then the child was grown. It fell on a day uh, that he went out to his father, the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said uh, to the lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken and when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, she, he said, to her uh, on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the, the bed of the man of God, shut the door and went out. Where did she go? She went back to the place where she had sowed. She went back to the basis. I didn't ask for this. God gave it to me. And I have built this room for this man. And I will not be forsaken. And if you know the story, I'm out of time, but let me just rehearse the story very fast. She goes to him. She gets on the, the donkey and says, take me quickly. Don't slow down unless I tell you to slow down. Uh, I'm, on a, I'm a woman on a mission. And she starts going, and, and uh, the prophet Elisha sees her coming, and, and he says, uh, the, there's the woman that built me the room, had the son. And he says, Gehazi, go, go see what, uh, what's going on with her because the Lord has hid it from me. And uh, she ends up before him and she says, you know, my son, he's he's there. You know, two people asked her, is everything OK? And she said, yes, everything's fine. Her faith is on the, the that which she had showed her basis, her basis, her basis. If you if you're a tither, you can stand before God and you can say that you said you would uh, rebuke the devourer on my half. 
you, you can bypass the element of faith and go to your basis of why I qualify to walk in what you said. I, I have lived my life righteously. I have shunned evil. I have said no to the things of the world. I have walked in love with people. I have performed righteousness. God, because I, I am the righteousness, I am in your presence. And every knee has to bow in your presence. This thing that I'm facing with, your presence will cause it to bow its knees. When we have a basis, it will take our faith to a new level that we can look and expect God to manifest himself. We've got to do it though. That's not on the God side, that's on our side. As far as I can prepare the natural, the supernatural can overlay it. And we've got to come to this place on this. And so then uh, he comes and he lays on the boy. And the boy sneezes. He wakes up and she gets her son back. God is faithful to his word. What's my, what's my message today? What's your basis for God doing something for you? Now, mercy is there. I don't want to discount mercy. Mercy is a, a phenomenal thing. We all, we all need the mercy of God. Mercy will get us things just because God loves us so much. Compassion's another one. Man, when the compassion of God is moving, jump in with all you've got. Because it, for lack of better words, he's in the mood to answer prayers. Okay, But we don't live off compassion. We don't live off mercy. We live off faith. And in this faith, if I have prepared the groundwork, I have a basis for what I'm standing on. I have a basis for what I'm standing on. See, uh, Peter and I were just talking about it a little bit this morning, but I talk about it a lot. The things that are going on financially in this world, uh, they're just, they're setting up, man, they're going to destroy the middle class. The poor is going to be even poorer. They're going to end up becoming like third world nation poor. And uh, the middle class is going to, to, uh, to be pulled out. The rug's going to be pulled out from people. And I've been talking about it for years prior to the inflation that we're in right now. That you've got to prepare yourself. Very few people are preparing this. And they think their job is going to keep them out of. Man, just go back in and study Zimbabwe. Go back and study uh, Nazi Germany uh, when they, they went through their inflation thing. Uh, right now, China is, is battling. And uh, uh, they, they've been doing it for years. I've talked about it over the years. They're hoarding gold. Uh, they're trying to take their, their, their currency, the yuan or won or however you pronounce it. Uh, and back it by gold because they want to dethrone the U.S. dollar as the world currency. They're on track to do it. If they do it, your money's worthless. Did you prepare yourself for it? See, see, I, I, I've said it. You've heard me say it many, many, many times. You don't fall up. There's a basis that you're going to have to be able to stand on. Now, whatever's coming, it doesn't bother me because I've prepared myself. I've prepared the natural. <clears throat> My giving is at a level. Because I know what evil is coming upon the earth, and I don't even know all the evil that's coming on, on the earth. Our sowing is there. Our tithing is there. We have, we have established basis for what we're operating in. Are you prepared to stand before, or are you going to be a beggar asking God to move in his compassion? Most people are living day to day just trying to satisfy the want. That's why most people live paycheck to paycheck. Because they just live based on what they feel at the moment. I, I'm telling you, mark my words. There's coming a day you're going to feel a lot different because it's going to get a lot worse. What are you going to do? Well, believe God that he's going to save me. What's your basis? 
If you can't believe God right now to be a good steward over your time, your money, and your talents, what makes you think you're going to be uh, in a position at that point when you don't prepare? But pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. We all go through the same thing. Our, where have we built our basis on the word of God? You can change your life circumstances. How can you do that? Well, I just read two of them. You can serve in faith. You can sow in faith. I'm not talking. It's kind of like the alabaster box that I, I talked about earlier. I'm not talking about when you're in a church service and somebody's receiving an offering. I'm talking about living to give. You should be looking for opportunities to sow. Why? Because you don't know what evil is, is coming down the road. Oh, but I can't afford it. Oh, you can't afford not to. People say all the time, I can't afford to tithe. You can if it's first. Maybe MasterCard won't get paid, but Master Jesus will. <laughs> all right, I want to close here. Go to, remember, remember the woman. We're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 8. Remember the woman when he said, what well, Elisha said to her the very first time, <clears throat> you want me to speak to, on behalf of you at the king? No, 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 I don't. I just live amongst my own people. Chapter 8, verse 1, then, then spake Elijah unto the woman. This is the woman whose son he had restored to life, who is the woman that built him a thing, uh, a, a house that he could stay in. She had sowed. Now, now watch this, what happened. The prophet came to her, saying, Arise and go uh, thou in thine household, and sojourn wherever, uh, wheresoever thou canst sojourn. For the Lord hath called for a famine, and it shall also come upon the land seven years. So she got heads up warning of what was coming. Do you know you and I can live there? Do you know God will tell you what to do with your money to prepare you for what's coming? You know, the Bible says he gives seed to the sower. Most people say they don't have enough seed to sow, but God says, I'll give seed to the sower. The sower is a matter of the heart. So if, remember, remember Isaac? In the time of famine, he was going to leave like the prophet telling the woman. And God says, no, I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay here in the famine. And he sowed in the famine and received a hundredfold in the same year. God will tell you what to do. If you ever never watched the movie, watch the movie uh, Faith Like Taters, something like that. Or maybe they said it correctly, Faith Like Potatoes. Uh, but anyway, it's a true story of a man during a famine planted a, a vineyard, not a vineyard, a, a, a crop of, of potatoes. And, you know, potatoes are a root. They grow underground. And you got the top of you know, the bush or whatever it's called uh, on top of it. There was no tops. He just kept speaking over his land. And he got an abundant harvest of good quality potatoes in a time where nothing was growing. See, God will tell you how to do things. If you and I will listen. So he came and told her and the woman arose and did after the saying of the man of God. And she went with her household and sojourned in the land of the Philistines seven years. And it came to pass that at seven years end, the woman returned out of the land of the Philistines. And she went forth to cry unto the king for her house and her land. So she had this house that she left. And uh, while she was gone, somebody took it and possessed it. And and. Because she just left it empty. She went to the Philistine's land. 
So somebody had come and squatted. They're now living in her house, living on her land. So she goes to the king and says, hey, I, uh, uh, man, this is my land. I went, you know, there was a famine here and I had to go to another place. And the king talked with Gehazi. Who's Gehazi? The servant of Elisha. The servant of the man of God saying, tell me, I pray thee, all the great things that Elisha hath done. And it came to pass as he was telling the king how he had restored a dead body to life. This was that woman's boy. That behold, the woman whose son had restored to life cried to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my Lord, O king, this is the woman and this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. Now, I want you to remember back, because the first thing that Elisha asked was, do you want me to speak to the king on your behalf? She says, no, I just live among my own people. What if she would have exhausted that option? A lot of people look at natural opportunities as God opportunities, but that was actually not a God opportunity at that time. But that thing was tucked in reserve, put into a savings account to be held for her, because down the road down here, something else is going to happen. And as she came to the king... To make her plead, Gehazi was actually in there telling the story and said, that's the woman whom this happened. You think God can't work things out? I mean, what an amazing thing. This is seven years later, and they walk into the same place at the same time, and God does what the prophet said to her, Seven, eight, ten years. No, it was more than that because the boy had grown up and then died. All these years back, he was willing to talk on behalf. Verse 6, and when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her a certain officer. (coughs) What was the other thing Elijah or Elisha said to the woman? You want me to speak on behalf to the captain of of the armies? Now she has a personal security team. That's going from the from the voice of the command of the natural king. Your preparations of the natural will the supernatural can overlay it. But where you stop it, you stop the supernatural. She built onto her house. Now, come on to modern 2023. You build onto your house and say, well, I I did this for the man of God that every time he comes in town, he'll have a place to say People are going to look at you kind of. Come on. That's just a pastor of a church. That's just a traveling minister. Oh, no, 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 no. I perceive this this one's different. I'm going to tap into the anointing. See, this is what I talked about in the beginning about pulling on a message. You can tap into the anointing. So the king appointed unto her a certain officer saying, restore all that was hers. Who's going to restore it, the captain or her? captain she's just going to be standing in the back going that my house you listen to him he got the authority to get that thing back to me he's going to go up with a sword and his entourage behind him said give me the key to the house it's no longer yours well uh, i've been living here for five years those are my crops out there yeah the king has given it back to her you you pack up your stuff right now we're going to, what's the word when, when they kick somebody out of home because they didn't pay? What is it? We're going to, we're, we're evicting you right now. We're putting a notice on this thing. You come back, we're coming after you. If, if she calls us and tells us she, you came back and tried to get something here, I'm going to show back up and your head's off. 
pack it up right now. And she's back there going. Listen to him. You listen to him. It's all that. And she probably went a little bit further and said, it's all because of that room right there. You see that room right there? Did you guys got your knickknacks and paddywax in? That room right there is now what made this thing. I made. I made something. I sowed into the kingdom of God. Her. And when the king asked the woman, she told, oops, oh, I went further than that, didn't I? I was way down here. Um, where did I stop? Anybody know? Six. And when the king asked the woman, she told him, so the king appointed unto her the officer, saying, Restore all that was hers. Restore it all. And, remember I talked about spoils? And the fruits of the field since the day that she left the land even until now. People, there's a realm of the word of God that we can live in that has the power to change the circumstances of your life. But it, we will limit the move of the spirit of God in our natural if we don't prepare the natural to receive it. Say, well, how far, how far do, I, do I prepare the natural? I don't know, man. Get it out there as far as your minds. I can see and then go three more miles. I, I, I don't know. But to the realm that we can prepare for God to do something, the supernatural will overlay it. Let's stand. This thing called Christianity is far greater than people's mindset of, well, man, I don't want to go to church twice a week. That's a lie. Or, or man, I, I can't tithe. That's Old Testament. Well, you just told us you don't read your Bible, but okay. Uh, man, they, they, all they're about is money. No, all you're about is money. That's why you struggle with it. I mean, if I, if I told you right now, I got a pocket full of $10 bills. I'll give you a $10 bill for every dollar you got in your wallet or your purse or whatever. I guarantee you everybody's going to start looking. I'll do that deal. How long would you do it? As long as I got the ones. And would you be trying to figure out how to get more ones? Oh, yeah, but God, this is what God says. And people are like, well, but, but I can't do that. But, 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 but that, that's the Old Testament. Uh, 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 that was for them under the law even though it was pre-law. Uh, 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 but, but, but no, Jesus didn't say anything about the, the, the New Testament, you know, in the New Testament about the tithe. Well, actually, there's two places he did, but he did said nothing about uh, in the New Testament about tattoos. How come we don't take the same? Thou shalt. Ooh. People got all the verses about take a little wine for your stomach's sake, but they forget all the other verses. Oh, but I tell you, if you. Oh, now we're getting into righteousness. It's not laws. It's righteousness. I stand in the presence of God. If I stand in the presence of God, he said he would stand with me. This thing called Christianity is something you should be fighting to get in. 
not figuring out how to stay out. When you see the opportunity that Christ <coughs> paid for us on the cross and given to us, man, we, we should be trying to figure out how to get rid of everything in the natural to gain that which is in the supernatural. It's far beyond. I don't know. Let's just put some numbers on it. Uh, I, I don't know how much she spent, uh, you know, for the room that she made. Let's just say it was a $5,000 renovation. Oh, but how much was the value of the fruit from seven years back? What was the value of getting it all back with the king doing the repossession? What is the value of her son raising from the dead? I mean, you cannot put, you can't even compare the two elements of what she sowed and what she reaped. I tell you what, I, I pray for people that the eyes of their understanding would be open. This thing of standing with God, of sowing, of serving, of giving time. God, God is not slack in knowing what we've done. He keeps a record of everything that we've done. And he will, he will give to us based on our giving into him, uh, of walking with him, of submitting to him, of, of, of standing with him. We, we, as I said before, uh, John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. Where is he getting the open doors? We're violating spiritual laws. As I said, people have major problems in their families. They've got major problems with their kids. They've got major problems with addictions. They've got major problems with money. They've got major problems with sickness and disease. And all of these things have been accounted for and have been made available to us if we will walk in Him. Oh, I tell you what, walking in, in divine health is far more valuable than any money or any time spent playing would ever come. Having your family not in disruption, not falling apart has a value that you can't even put a monetary value on it. Having all sufficiency, beating inflation is a, is a realm that you don't have to go to sleep worrying, how am I going to put gas in my car tomorrow in order to get to work so I can make a little bit more money to get through a little bit more time? No, there's a realm of God that will provide for us. Jesus said, God's Word said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, even unto the end of the world. My peace I will leave with you. You've got to make that decision. Oh, I'm sure most, the majority of people here say, well, I'm born again. But have you gotten all in? You may be born again, but have you gotten all in? Born again will get you in heaven after you live on hell on earth, in hell on earth. Getting all in will change hell to heaven on earth. The days of heaven, I'm, I'm paraphrasing verses, the days of heaven on earth. We need to check our all-in status. There's something far greater we're fighting for than what we're fighting for. Heavenly Father, we stand here today in your presence, Lord. I pray, God, that the, the, the words, God, that I have spoken, God, will penetrate our hearts to desire more of you. Let us, let us deal with ourselves honestly of where we stand with you, where our faith is in you, God, because these things that we've talked about that you're, you said are examples for us, they will change the circumstances of our life. They will change the circumstances of our life. If we will prepare the natural that the spiritual will overlay it, 
Our money will go farther. Our health will go farther. Our, our walk with you, the power of who you are, will manifest in a greater way through us, God. If we will do it, you will redeem our time. You will multiply our resources. You will give us all things pertaining to life and godliness. You will not leave us nor forsake us. We will never be without you. God, let us see, let us see, let us see, let us know. Oh, deal with our hearts. Deal with our hearts. Oh, deal with our minds. Help us see, God. I've got to break this barrier in my mind of what you can do. I, I don't see how this can work. That's okay. That's okay. It's the first step of faith. <coughs> I don't see how it works. That's fine. Just believe God's word that it will. Take a step. You don't, you don't have to run 100 yards down the, just take the next step. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to believe you, God. This circumstance that I'm facing, I need you to show up in it. Lord, I pray if you have a need, if you have a something in your life right now that you need, God, just raise your hand real quick. Just raise your hand. God, you see the see the hands of people that have something that you need to intervene. Lord, we stand here today, God, and I pray over them, Lord, you intervene in this. God, give us the first step. Lord, give us the first step. Let us see, God, you move in this thing, Lord Jesus. Let your word, let your power, God, operate in this thing, Lord Jesus. I speak life into it. Lord, you said you would make the crooked places straight. God, straighten it out. You said you would go before us and cut asunder the bars of iron and destroy the gates of brass. God, destroy it. Whatever's holding us out of whatever you've given and promised to us, God, open the door that we can walk in it, Lord, and take the next step of faith. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would move. Lord, open the eyes of our understanding, God, that we can see, Lord, the power of what you've given to us. That name, Jesus. That name, Jesus. That name, Jesus. Oh, I speak. I speak from heaven. I speak from the, the realms. You said if we bind anything on earth, it will be bound in heaven. God, help us to destroy the binding that we have done. We don't want anything in heaven bound in our life. But that which we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. God, I'm going to loose and I'm going to make preparations for the natural. That the spiritual can overlay it. That heaven is open above me. I'm going to stop closing the, the windows of heaven. You said, you said, Lord, one of the ways in the tide, Lord, it will open the windows of heaven. You said in other places that you would not hear our prayers. That you, the, the heavens would be like brass. We don't want to live under that. We're not going to live under the curse. We're going to do what you said. We're going to operate in what you said. We're going to function, God, in what you said at this higher level. God, help us. Help us. Help us. Help us. If you've not given your life to the Lord, do it right now. Just pray with me, Heavenly Father. I ask you to forgive me of all unrighteousness. I recognize that you sent your son. That he died on the cross for me. I realize the wages of sin is death. And he paid the price for me. And I receive him as Lord in my life. I receive him as Lord in my life. Help me, God, take the next step. Help me to get closer to you. You have joined us together in peace in Christ Jesus. I can now be one with the Father. Help me, God. Help me. Help me to start breaking free from the natural. Breaking free from the natural, God. And let me start walking in the supernatural. God, that your word and your power, Lord, would start manifesting. I need circumstances changed in my life.
I need circumstances changed in my life. And God, I call on you to make the changes. Help me, God. Help me. Help me take the next step. In Jesus' name. If there's something more specific you need prayer for, the elders are up front. You can come up. If, if you want to, uh, you didn't generally uh, accept the Lord, but you want somebody to lead you, come up. They'll lead you in prayer. Uh, whatever you need, we're here for you. We're trying to help people get into the things of God, the promises of God. We're living in a dark world and things are coming against people. You have to know how to stand spiritually in order to beat the natural.